are excited to worship the Lord with you this morning. I hope you came prepared for that. If not, I just invite you to worship with us. If you feel comfortable standing, if you are more comfortable sitting, if you want to raise your hands, if you want to do a couple of laps, we're fine with that. We want you to feel comfortable to worship the Lord, and we really hope you'll join with us. Let's all stand together. We are going to sing to the Lion and the Lamb who fights our battles, who's victorious over sin and death. We choose to worship you this morning, Jesus. You are our Father. You are the Lion and the Lamb.
the amazing grace that he has for all of us. Let's keep singing to him.
continue singing. Um, this song is about making a choice to worship him and to praise him. Um, Pastor Greg speaks to us uh, as a staff every week, and he's been talking to us about attitude and about our outlook and our perspective, and it's, this song has really been speaking to me about that, that I have the, the choice, a choice to make in low valleys and in difficult places. Um, so I just want to encourage you to, to make a choice. If you're in a hard time, even if you're not, making the choice to worship and to praise him, there's power in that that I'm discovering for myself. same God that never fails will not fail me now. He won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things. Here it is. Oh yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. your name. Choose to pray. 
of our praise, regardless of what our circumstances might be or have been, we declare the glory of your name today. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the God of all the universe, creator and sustainer of all things, and we honor you today. Jesus, we honor you today for not just who you are, but what you have done for us. We worship you today in, in freedom and, and, and empowered to, to live out different kinds of lives because of the sacrifice you made on the cross for us. We honor you today for who you are and what you have done. This is your place. We are your people called by your name. And we park ourselves in your presence today with attentive ears and open hearts to not just experience your presence today, but to hear your voice. We want to be changed by you. We're, we're convinced that when we engage the presence of the Almighty, we can't help but be changed in some way. So accomplish your good and pleasing and perfect will in our hearts, in our lives. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we all prayed. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. And I want to invite the ushers to join us as we prepare to receive morning tithes and offerings. All right, let's see what we got here. Ready? Trick or treat. Come on now. Uh, hey, uh, I don't have anything. I don't have anything. Sorry. Jesus, how are we for goodness sakes? What's the deal? Supposed to be giving. Yeah, yeah giving, right? It's a pastor. Yeah. Our annual trunk or treat is going to be Thursday, October 31st from 5 to 7 p.m. Please bring your cool and classic cars filled with candy to welcome our community. Also, we need a lot of people to decorate a themed table that's going to be up in the chapel. A lot of other activities are going to be going on in the chapel as well. We'll also have our chili cook-off down in the cafe lobby area. And we will have a prize for the best chili. Make it hot, all you cooks out there. In the gym, we're going to have blacklight dodgeball, so be sure to come out for that. Plenty of sign-up sheets out in the Welcome Center for both the chili cook-off and table decorations. Please sign up. You got something you want to say? Truck or treat, October 31st, 5 to 7. It's a don't miss event. What I won't do 
for this church. Uh, yes, don't miss event. So hopefully you're planning on that. Out in the lobby here at the Welcome Center, you'll see a row of sign-up sheets. Uh, if you want to donate some candy or if you have a great car that you'd like to, to bring and line up or maybe you want to do a table or a, a pot of chili for the chili cook-off, all those sign-ups are out there. Please do sign up for uh, one or multiple of those things. We want to make sure that we're planning accordingly as to how many um, are are intending to help serve. And I remind us that this is one of our most significant community outreach events. Last year, somewhere between seven to 800 people came through um, our doors. And we want, we want to uh, be ready for them, to, to welcome them, and, and to just even, even on a crazy night like Halloween, show the love of Jesus um, to the lost and dying world. Will you join me in prayer? I want to pray for this offering. Lord Jesus, thank you for the provision that has come and for the provision that is coming. Take what we have to offer you today. Use it, bless it, multiply it, accomplish your great and perfect will through it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Yeah, come on up, kids. You're going you're gonna to take it out? You can follow Miss McKenzie out. She's got awesome stuff ready for you. While we're doing this, I'd like to also remind us um, the weekend of November 8th and 9th will be our 24-hour prayer vigil. Um, and I'm hoping that you are considering a 30-minute increment that's going to run from Friday night, 5 p.m., to Saturday night, 5 p.m., and we're just hoping that each and every family in this church, and we're partnering with Freedom Church, the church that meets here on Saturday nights, we're doing this together, and, uh, and with the intent of praying for our community, praying for the lost in our community in particular, so we're hoping that you will consider a 30-minute segment inside of that 5 p.m. to 5 p.m. time frame that you would come here. We'll have things set up, um, and uh, we'd like to see somebody in this building all 24 hours uh, that there's at least one person in here praying and interceding on behalf of the lost. Uh, what an amazing weekend that's going to be. That's November 8th and 9th. And uh, we've got a sign-up sheet that is, was created, and I, I think that when Freedom Church used it last night, they stored it somewhere. I couldn't find it this morning, but we'll make sure and have that sign-up sheet available for you, uh, and uh, we're excited about that week. And I want to invite you to the book of First John. So this is uh, First, Second, and Third John. We're almost to the end of the Bible here, way in the back, book of 1 John, and we're going to read through the first chapter. As we're winding down this sermon series called Rooted, where we've been going through Scripture, we, we get to some of the last letters here. Um, John, this is, in case you're not sure which John we're talking about, this is the Apostle John. So this is not John the Baptist or any other John. This is the Apostle John, the who's known as the beloved apostle. He's one of the three apostles that were closest to Jesus. 
He's the same one that wrote the Gospel of John, and, and he follows up the Gospel of John with, with a few letters to the church. And 1 John in particular has a, a strong context to it. Um, see, what had happened early on in the church was there was a segment of the church that broke off from the main church. And it was a significant um, uh, break off because the people that did this began to believe something completely different, really, than what the main church was believing. They were called Gnostics, G-N-O-S-T-I-C, Gnosticism. You may have heard this word, but you may not have really known what it was about. Fundamentally, Gnostics, what, what they believed was that all things physical were, were fundamentally evil. As that foundational thing existed in their belief system, here's how things sort of unfold or unravel from there. Because they believed that, they could not believe that God would have crammed himself into flesh. They could not believe that Jesus was actually in physical form here on earth. So they began teaching that Jesus was, was a, a bit of an aberration or, or like a, a, a ghost, but not really here in the physical flesh. Because he could not, God, the holy God of all the universe, could not put himself into something evil like skin. Okay. Well, as you begin to unpack that, you can see the problems. Because if Jesus wasn't here physically, then there would have been no actual death and no actual resurrection from the dead. So as they're touting this or they're preaching this, this, this serious um, change from, from the, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, then then the writers of the letters had to begin to preach against this. And that's what we run into when we're going through the book of 1 John. He's speaking directly against this. Now, a- another piece to, to the, the problem with Gnosticism was that um, because they had removed death and resurrection of Jesus from the equation, they had to account for salvation somehow. And so they're solution to that was that they they didn't have sin they didn't have to be redeemed from sin because they'd had this direct access to the spirit of god so we've got two major problems here one jesus wasn't physical and man is uh, um was not dealing with sin issues and you could see the problem with all of this teaching that was happening and you'll You'll hear him speak directly against these things as we read through chapter 1. So right at 1 John chapter 1, he says this. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We, We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. 
God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. And just a couple of verses from chapter two here, it may not be on the screen. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Amen? That which was from the beginning. When he starts this letter, it sounds pretty familiar, right? Because it sounds a little bit like how he started his gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? And, and, and that's going to sound really familiar to the early church, or really familiar to the Jewish part of the early church, especially because of Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning. John's making a, a, a clear declaration about the person of, of Jesus Christ. He is God. He is the eternal God. He's always been. But it, right here as well, there's sort of like this duality to this, that which was from the beginning, because I, I, I catch a vibe here that he's also talking about the, the beginning of the church. That which was from the beginning, listen to how he says it which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim. This is not secondhand knowledge that we're getting here. This This is an apostle who was hanging out with Jesus, who was in direct contact with him, who was called to follow him. And as, and, and what John is saying is, you, you need to trust what, what is being communicated here. We saw this with our own eyes. We heard what he had to say with our own ears. Not only that, because if he left it at that, then the whole aberration thing could, could still be in question. But he follows it up with, and we touched him with our hands. He was in physical form when he did all this stuff. And we're, we're bearing witness to everything that we experienced, everything that we saw and heard when we touched him. We're, we're bearing witness to this very thing. And we're, we're proclaiming it to you. In the hopes that there will be fellowship, that you will be able to have fellowship with us. In other words, what we're proclaiming to you is the absolute truth. And if you want to have connection with us, if you want to have community with us, communion with us, if you want to experience fellowship with us, you're going to have to follow this truth. 
the message that we have heard from him and declare to you. This thing that we're passing on to you, we receive directly from him. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. See, apparently there's a lot of confusion about the darkness and the light. The Gnostics who are trying to drag people away from the real truth of Scripture are, are, are proclaiming that, that this, this physical stuff here is absolutely evil, absolutely filled with darkness, and, and there's nothing that can be done about that. And so Jesus had to do this whole other thing, and, and they have this whole other way of communing with God. John's like, yes, God is light. And yes, it's true, in him there is no darkness at all. But if we claim to have fellowship with him, and yet we walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. So, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and look what happens. The blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So there's not this hopeless thing inside of this physical flesh that does have sin in it. John's acknowledging, yes, it's true. This, this, this physical realm is fallen. But for those of us that choose to walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, there's a couple of things that happen. Fellowship and purification. In other words, this, this happens and this happens. When we choose to walk in the light as he is, yes, he is full of light. And in him there is no darkness at all. But we, when we engage the truth, and, and Jesus is the doorway that allows us this to happen. Somehow the Gnostics removed Jesus from the equation, and, and they changed the whole equation, really. We do have direct access to the Spirit of God. In fact, when we say yes to Jesus and his plan, the Spirit of God comes and dwells in us. And we become his temple. We do have direct access to the Spirit of God, but Jesus is the door. Jesus is the access point. His blood purifies us. His blood paves the way that this can happen. And when we buy into that, then this, this word fellowship, Greek word is koinonia. Probably didn't use that word this week, did you? It's community. It's, it's, it's relationship. It's community. It's, it's fellowship. And he speaks right against the Gnostics. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth isn't in us. If we confess our sins, though, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we haven't sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. He is the atoning sacrifice for sins. And not only for ours, but the sins of the whole world. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. I don't know what greater hope we could possibly have. Fact is, 
Where else could our hope rest except in that truth? There's no doubt if I gave opportunity for each person in this room to share their story, it would sound something like, Jesus forgave me of my sins. He was faithful to do that. 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 We've experienced this truth. But this verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Something about this that is really sticking out to me, that, that us church folk can have, have such a draw into the darkness somehow, some way, for some reason. That even though we've been redeemed, even though we've, we've experienced this thing, some, for some reason, sometimes the darkness just seems to, to overtake us, to, to draw us in, and suddenly we're really not walking in the light as he is in the light. We're kind of doing our own thing, this, this other thing, this other path. I'm sure you've experienced it. You get into that place and you start to feel lost. You start to feel unsure. You you start to feel like with that hope and that joy, all that stuff has sort of been sucked out and this other thing is happening. And it's because this Journey is not a sprint, right? We're, we're not sprinting to the finish line. It's, it's a marathon that we're on with life with Jesus. And we don't know when the end of this marathon happens. And so it's got its mountaintops and it's got its valleys and it's got its woods and it's got its open fields as we're, we're just journeying through life. But the encouragement here is that we can do all of that inside of light. We don't have to separate ourselves from the light. We don't have to walk in the darkness. Even even when days are difficult, even, even when the world seems to be pressing against you, even when circumstances around you are, are almost impossible, it doesn't mean that, that you have to walk outside of the light. In the midst of even some of the darkest stuff, you can still walk in the light as he is in the light. And in the midst... And, and, and when believers do that, uh, there is a powerful testimony that comes forth. And there is an, 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 a personal em, empowerment that happens that, that the, the world functioning in the darkness looks at and just scratches their head like, I don't, I don't get that. I don't understand how they're doing that. Where, where is that joy coming from? And yet we'll say, well, it's, be, it, it's because of the grace of God. And in fact, I don't know how you do life without him. I don't know how you function without him. Suddenly we're salt and we're light and we're wooing people in to the heart of Jesus I don't know if you realize this, but 
today is, we're, we're, we're 40 days away from Thanksgiving. Probably didn't realize that. And it was it, something that Pastor Greg has said in our, in, in, in our leadership training, and, and it went something like this. When, when we are in the, in the habit of giving thanks, it squeezes out criticism. When we're habitually giving thanks, it, it squeezes out the, the ability for criticism to come forth because, because we're offering thanks, we're offering praise. As he was saying that this week, and we realized that it was 40 days until Thanksgiving, and so oftentimes we, we just give a, a, a little bit of time for giving thanks, maybe just a little bit of time at the dinner table on, on that particular Thursday. Maybe we'll give a little bit of time to it the Sunday before or the Sunday after. But it dawned on me that we have an opportunity here as, as a church family to do something for the next 40 days that could really be transformational personally and corporately. So I'm going to do something, and I, I want to invite you to join me in, in this if you would like to. For 40 days, I'm going to fast negatives. For 40 days, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast that. Now, if you haven't fasted before, basically what I'm talking about is giving up. So most of the time we're talking about food. You're fasting food. And I'm talking about fast food. Fasting food. You're giving it up. And when you give that up, you replace it with time with, with God. So when a person is really fasting at mealtimes, instead of eating, they will go into prayer. Okay, that's, that's the, the heart of fasting. But if, if I'm going to walk in the light, I, I want the, the Spirit of God to do some things in me that, that I need help with because I can get drawn to negative things so easily. I can get drawn to speaking negatively about this thing or even this person or that person. I can find those things coming out. And, and um, even if it's true, is it beneficial? Even if it's true, is it, is it helpful? Most of the time, it ends up being kind of harmful. Even if they haven't heard it, I, I experience it in my spirit as it's coming out of my mouth. I kind of like get this, ooh, that, that's an icky feeling. Why, why did I just say that? Why did I just say that about them, him, or her? So I'm, I, for the next 40 days, all the way through Thanksgiving Day, my intent is to be on a negative fast. Now, what it's going to mean for me is that uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have to take every thought captive. I'm going to have to be real cautious about as that thought is forming and is wanting to flow from here to out, out of here, I'm going to have to take that captive. That sounds kind of scriptural, doesn't it? That's what scripture tells us to do anyways. We've got to, we're supposed to be on purpose about that anyways. It's kind of supposed to be our normal. 
But like I said, for some reason, us believers, we have a tendency to fall into this darkness normal, this darkness realm. And so it's good for us to be on purpose, to be paying attention to what are we thinking about and what are, how are we feeling. And, and so when the negative starts to form in my head, what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask God something. Where is that coming from? Why am I feeling that way towards that person? What, what's the heart of this? Because even if this person doesn't realize this negative stuff is happening inside of me, I know it's happening inside of me. And the truth is, because that's happening inside of me, it is affecting my ability to have fellowship with that person. It's hindering. It's hindering this. And if it's hindering this, it's got to be hindering this. See, if I walk in the light as he is in the light, I have fellowship and forgiveness. Probably is going to mean I got some forgiving to do because maybe this person wounded me or maybe I just am jealous of that person and I'm going to have to ask for some forgiveness. I mean, who knows what the heart, that's going to be why I'm going to have to have this Continual dialogue with the Spirit of God as, as this stuff is, 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 is starting to happen in here before it comes out here. I, I need to deal with it while it's in here. Can you imagine if, if, if our whole church is doing that over the next 40 days, the kind of transformational stuff that's going to happen inside of us? I'm not suggesting that this is going to be easy. And I'm certainly not suggesting that we're going to be perfect in this. But I am thinking that if, if this is an awareness that we have, if this is a purpose that we have for the next 40 days, wow, some real stuff could really happen inside of us and ultimately through us. Imagine the health that's going to happen this way and the health that will happen this way. A negative fast. It sounds weird. But when you think about it, what, what power that's going to be able to happen in us and through us. So I'm, I'm inviting you on this journey with me. I don't have a sign-up sheet for this. This is just your personal yes or no, your personal agreement to it. And if you do it, I would, I would be excited to hear about the journey as it's happening and I'm going to try to share with you the journey as it's happening as well. And let's just let the Spirit of God accomplish whatever it is that He wants to accomplish. I want to invite the worship team back up because we're going to worship some more. But before we do that, I want to give some opportunity. We're going to kick this thing off with some testimonies. I love to hear some some thanks some some giving thanks some some praise being offered to God as as we're moving into this 40 days so i i, I want to invite jim to be the first one to share he's just got a, a testimony that was on his heart and hopefully it'll well you don't have to come up you can just share from right there and then we're going to well for those who don't know me my name is jim Rumson. I've been coming here since December 17th, 
And if you're looking, yes, I actually had to clean up today and see if I could clean up. I didn't have any clean jeans. No, I'm kidding. I'm just having fun. But long story short, um, I'm going to do what's called an elevator speech from the business world. I have three minutes. Usually in an elevator speech, you have 30 seconds. You've already lost 30 seconds. <laughs> My journey with the Lord and the God Almighty and the Lord Jesus Christ started 35 years ago. If you put that together, I'm 65 now. December, um, in June of 2016, my first and my late wife was diagnosed with still pains. Glioplastoma stage 4 brain cancer. After an unexpected um, seizure one night. Lord took her home. He was quick. He was blessed. She was blessed. She went home in August of 2016. So from June to August. Her suffering was there, but the Lord took her home. So getting through the anger, being mad, trusting in the Lord, because it's all I had. December 15th, 2017, I went to a singles dance. I can have fun with this. I went to the stands to see if I could operate in public again, not knowing I was going to a dance and I was going to find romance. So, that romance started with the lady that's playing the piano today. That piano. The one way back there. This one is mine. <laughs> But I just want to, and through this, we knew within 30 days, six weeks, God wanted us together. We fast forward. And a year ago today, we were married. There's a lot more to my testimony. But as I said, I have an elevator speech to give today. But this is, if you think you're in a hole, you think God doesn't care, you think Jesus left you, remember, he says once you accept him, he will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter what you're walking through. Just be faithful. Proverbs 3, 5 says it the best. I go over this every day. Five and six, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Thank you for letting me have this few minutes this morning to share this with you. Amen. Isn't that great? Maybe a couple others. Just a couple other praise praises that some folks would like to offer. Yes. There's two back here, so... A couple board members of the church already heard this story, but I have three really young girls, and bedtime routine is long. 
And we pray for our nighttime routine, like thanking God for the day and for sleep. But we recently did the first responders um, day, and we picked from a tree. Ours said the sheriff's department. And there wasn't names just due to secret or specialty stuff. But yeah, security. But we know a couple people at the sheriff's department. And my kids, if we leave that room without praying for them, chew us out. Like screaming, Mom, we forgot. And I just love the childlike faith they have in praying and just loving Jesus with nothing else. Awesome. Yeah. This is actually a testimony about all of you. Um, You know, I'm a life coach, and I see my clients here. And um, there's quite a few of them that have been struggling, and you guys have been praying for them, reaching out to them. And some of you who have even had past conflicts with my clients have reached out. And I would say every single one of my clients currently are now following the Lord. And some of them didn't even have a spiritual life when we started. And a lot of it has because they ran into Pastor Brian, people from our women's ministry, just running into them here at church or other events. And then when they do walk into this church, you make them feel like their sins don't matter. And it's because of you that they're thriving. So I really appreciate it because without you guys supporting me and my clients, they wouldn't be where they are today. So God bless you all. Maybe one more from over there on that side of the room. No pressure. Somebody over here has got a testimony. Thank you, Tim. Well, I've known my pastor, my pastor's wife, uh, for about 19 and a half years. They rented a house from me about five years before they ever came here. And uh, I just wanted to say that one of the first things that I want to give them credit for is when they left that house, that house was cleaner than it was that they, than how they found it. And so <laughs> I praise God for that. How do you remember that? And... You know, and and Pastor, you know, gosh, we see him up front all the time. We hear his voice, but I just want to lift up his wife, Sarah, for a second. She's always a lady. She always shows she loves the Lord. And in all the time that I have seen this family, before I ever knew they would be my pastor, I think the love of Christ comes through her all the time and we are very very blessed to have a family that is our pastors that love the Lord like they do and love us like they do thank you sir wow supposed to sing now (laughs) thank you Tim wow We're going to sing this song again. 
love how I love how the Lord teaches us in his word to remember what he's done for us. Because I don't know about you, but I don't remember what I ate for breakfast if I don't write it down. It's terrible. Um, but he knows something about us, doesn't he? We forget. I forget. I forget. I just want to take this time now, Father, to thank you. You are faithful. You're, his word says in Second Timothy that even when we are unfaithful, he remains faithful because he can't deny himself. We can act faithful. We can be filled with faithfulness because of the Holy Spirit. He is faithful. He can't be any other way. He's not like us, is he? I'm thankful for that this morning. I invite you to sing with us, declaring his praise. same God that never fails will not fail me now. He won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Oh yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Nothing can stand against 
promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. Never fail. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me yet. You never fail me yet. And I Stand, let's sing this.
One more time. Great is thy One more time. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, me. If that's your testimony, just say amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you. May his countenance come upon you. May he fill you with his peace. An amazing week walking in the light as he is in the light. See you next time.